due to some technical issues during recording, the sound quality of this podcast is not perfect. We apologize for this, but encourage you to listen on. Welcome to a new TLGH podcast. My name is Anne Roca, and today we are speaking with Dr. Alexandre Delamou, and we discuss a topic of great importance to women in uh, low-income countries, which is that of genital fistula. Dr. Delamou's article on uh, fistula recurrence, pregnancy and childbirth following closure of female genital fistula in Guinea is in the November 2017 issue of the Lancet Global Health. Dr. Delamou, welcome. Thank you. And please, can you just tell us a little bit about where you work and what you do? I am uh, an assistant professor at the Gamal University of Conakry in Guinea and uh, head of research unit at the Maserenya Training and uh, Research Center also in Guinea. I'm currently finalizing my PhD on obstetric fistula at the Institute of Tropical Medicine of Antwerp, that's in Belgium. Thank you very much. Um, so welcome again. Genital fistula is a, is a debilitating maternal complication of delivery that um, has gained attention recently. Um, with more and more women benefiting from surgical repair. We tend to think that once the repair is done, the women can resume their lives, but the reality seems a lot more complex. So please, can you tell us why it is so important to look at the post-repair period more closely? Yes, that is very important uh, for many reasons. The first is that women who develop fistula are usually poor, and they come from poor families. And also when they get the condition, and because of the bad smell of urine or feces, they are marginalized. And often they face stigmatization and social exclusion. And even uh, some physical consequences and emotional consequences like uh, depression or infections. So uh, therefore, it's important to know that the surgery alone will not end all their problems because uh, they return after surgery in a community uh, where they had the fistula uh, previously. So they still carry a lot of risk for uh, adverse maternal and neonatal outcomes. And that's why they need more attention, uh, because the surgery alone will not change their poverty status or will not change the social conditions in which they had their previous fistula. And uh, also, currently, uh, many uh, fistula management programs do not go beyond surgery. So that's why it's important to look at this period. Indeed, indeed. It's very important to go beyond just the surgery phase. You found in your study that fistula recurrence was more frequent than you expected, um, around 15.5% by 24 months. So what were the main factors that were linked to that recurrence? Yes, you are right. We found that uh, recurrence was high and uh, mostly occurred uh, within uh, 24 months of hospital discharge. I will say that the first set of factors that we found are linked, uh, which are linked to recurrence, include three clinical characteristics of the fistula that the woman had at the time of surgery. Uh, we found for instance, that women who had a damaged urethra were about three times more at risk of experiencing recurrence after repair compared to women who had an intact urethra. 
We also found that women with a damaged bladder neck or a vaginal scaring at the time of fistula surgery were uh, about two times more at risk of experiencing uh, recurrence than women who had not uh, such damages. And the second factor we found is related to sexual activity, as we found that women who uh, were not sexually active were about three times more at risk of having uh, recurrence than women who were sexually active. But based on our data, I must say that we were not able to say whether women who were not sexually active, uh, that was because of the recurrence uh, or not. Because we have some previous studies that have reported that early sexual activity might increase the the risk of recurrence. So mainly I would say that uh, uh, some clinical factors were really related to recurrence. And that's very important in practice because surgeons have to to identify these kind of women and uh, implement like uh, a close follow-up for this specific group of women. Indeed, so very, um, very useful uh, data and information from the results of your study. For those women who are able to go back to their lives and who uh, are trying to have children again, sadly, you, you found that women who got pregnant after repair had, had pretty poor I outcomes, uh, with a quarter of them experiencing stillbirths and 14% suffering recurrent fistula. Can you tell us a, a bit more about the links between the incidence of obstetric fistula and maternal mortality? Yes, that was a very unfortunate finding. Uh, what is important to know is that obstetric fistula is a severe maternal morbidity, and uh, it's considered as a witness of poor maternal and neonatal health uh, when it occurs somewhere. So if you consider the suffering that many women with fistula undergo uh, before the access uh, repair, it's not fair that they lose their babies when they become pregnant after fistula surgery. And the reason is that uh, uh, many studies have reported that about nine women out of 10 who develop fistula also experience stillbirth. So therefore, when these women are repaired, it's very important that we ensure that they remain safe and that they deliver safely when they become pregnant. But I must say that uh, our results are not surprising because Guinea is a country that has one of the highest maternal mortality rates in the world. And uh, as you recall, the country's health system was recently very fragilized by the Ebola virus disease outbreak that occurred in uh, West Africa. Therefore, I think that uh, our results point out really the need to implement interventions that can improve maternal and neonatal health in Guinea so that uh, we can safeguard the health not only for women who get fistula surgery, but also for other women in general if we consider uh, the state of maternal health currently in Guinea. Thank you. So indeed, uh, some very important results in a, in a very vulnerable population, and hopefully that can have, um, like you were saying, a broader impact on maternal health in general.
Dr. Delamou, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you.